0: Welcome to another episode of the Adam Jones Podcast, brought to you by TheBaltimoreBanner.com. Of course, subscribe at TheBaltimoreBanner.com. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's, of course, the five-time former MLB All-Star Adam Jones. And today, in lucky episode number 7, A.J., we'll be joined by professional soccer star Jessica McDonald, a former U.S. World Cup champion in her own right, now playing down under in Australia. We'll talk about the <laughs> big event that is the World Cup. And you can see I'm representing the U.S. Speaking of soccer, it's about time Adam and I debate the impact of soccer here in the U.S.A. We have some very strong opinions just ahead on that subject. There will also be a rant about eating with animals. No, not your kids. We're talking about real animals. Adam will (laughs) vent on that. The Ravens are barely staying atop the AFC North with these fourth quarter meltdowns piling up. We'll dive into the purple and black. And they're now deleted tweet from their uh, quarterback, Lamar Jackson. We'll have a lot to say on that as well. In mm-hmm. addition, we'll spotlight we our Baltimore banner, Varsity Sports Network Athlete of the Week. As always, we're brought to you by our friends over at Jack Daniels. There are lots of ways to make whiskey. There's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels, please drink responsibly. And by Be More Round Town, BeMoreAroundTown.com. They've got the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home and away game had to BeMoreAroundTown.com. We'll have more details on trips later in the podcast. Also, the good folks at the Weinman Group. And by G-Leaf, medical cannabis company. Visit g Medical cannabis is only for qualified Maryland patients. And a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast as much as we are doing it, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner. They're covering the Ravens, the Terps, the Orioles, the whole local region in terms of Baltimore. And they've got you covered for for special listeners like you out there, either watching on YouTube or listening via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget BaltimoreBanner.com. And the important part is slash AJ. All right, we bring in right now. Let's begin with our special guest. We're heading long distance down under to Australia, mate. And we speak with Jessica McDonald.
1: Hi, thank you for that intro. I did not expect that at all, Gerald. I saw I saw Jones call you Gerald, so I was little on, on the other side. You can laughing. call me
0: Jerry. It's okay.
1: <laughs> I'm just joking. How are you doing? But thank you so much for that intro. I'm I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. What did awesome, you think awesome. of uh,
0: of the game against Iran? Like I was saying, because obviously they pulled it out. Uh, As I was saying, there were political implications. The two countries don't exactly see eye to eye. So that added to it. I know, I know, I know. But that's part of the picture over there and uh, the way the U.S. responded.
1: Now, I thought it was an incredible win for the states, obviously, especially after um, Adams, Tyler Adams interview yesterday with the Iranian Iranian reporter so he had such a good response and he also had a very good game it was definitely a nail-biter first and foremost because toward the end Iran had more of the better chances and I think we could have I think with the lack of you know experience on our on our men's team you know they could have held on to the game a little bit better and more of a professional level but they got the three points they got the win so they're moving on to sweet 16 so hoping and praying you know they learn from this game and hopefully win the next
2: Awesome, Jessica. Great to see you as always. Um, Explain to me what happens next. You know, obviously the the, you know the uh, first stage is done, but explain to me, you know, the process of what happens next.
1: This is where things kind of change. Like people don't understand like the pressure that you have representing your country literally on the world stage. It's it's just a whole different vibe, and so to move out of group stage obviously that's a huge heels deal breaker for the U S men's national team because they haven't been that successful in the world cup. So now they put their helmet on for impact and hopefully the head coach kind of makes the right decisions with the starting lineup, see who the strongest squad is and hoping and praying that Christian Pulisic will be healthy enough to play in the next round. And because he's been probably the most consistent player between him and Tyler Adams, this whole tournament. And so, between those two, we need for them to be on their front foot coming into this next game. You know, no pressure whatsoever. But I think that once they come together as a collective, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, they could come out successful.
2: Awesome. We've been going back and forth about, you know, the popularity of – I'm starting to call it football now. i have living in Barcelona. Um, the popularity of it, do you think that – We're going to debate you know, it coming World up, Cup, yes. We, yeah, we are. But do you think that this World Cup – is you know putting football soccer on the map even more for America. Obviously, you know, you know, you know all the countries that have that are, you know, participants in, in, in the sport on a massive level by playing against everybody. But do you think this is this is like the coming out party for for USA, like, okay, hey, look it, we ain't been here in a minute, like you said, but we're here, we're, we're here now.
1: Yeah, especially coming off of today's win. Um, I truly believe that, you know, if they lost today, it would be very disappointing, something that, you know, most of the world would totally expect from the U.S. men's national team. But the fact that they came out with the win today, it's definitely going to continue to put football on the map in the United States, especially with you guys were arguing earlier with big players who have come to the MLS after they're done playing you know, on, the, on their pro teams from overseas. So with the likes of like Messi, you know, it's going to bring in more of an audience into the States. And so we continue to bring those players into the MLS. It's going to continue to grow, but definitely after this win, making it to sweet 16 is definitely going to continue to put football on the map in the United States specifically.
0: How many different teams have you played for throughout your career? You're in Australia <laughs> right now. It seems I, it's, I think it's like double digits in terms of teams in different <laughs> countries you've been to. Uh, does Baltimore, uh, count as not one of the teams you played for, but one of the places you've ever visited? I, I should ask you that since this is a Baltimore based podcast,
1: uh, Baltimore, not so much. The Washington spirits are based where, um, the DC United players yep. play. I think it's I, RFK the, it used to be RFK. Yeah. RFK RFK. Yep. Yeah. RFK stadium and.
2: Um, Not the best No, not necessarily.
1: Yeah, not necessarily Baltimore. (laughs) It's a little little scary on the outskirts of the stadium. But I'm officially on my 10th team in my – actually 11th team. But um, in my whole pro career, my first five years in NWSL, which is our league in the United States, I was traded to six different teams my first five years. So that definitely got a deal for me. Yeah, that was fun. Very, very much so. (laughs) But yeah, eleven teams officially. Jessica, what's I'll the difference internationally?
0: Oh, go ahead,
1: go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I'm saying, what's the difference internationally?
2: Obviously, you know, playing collegiate ball, you get a lot of international players, and then you get, you know, you play in the professional in America. But playing professional in international, how is that playing in a completely different country? I did it, you know, it's completely mind blowing to me. But how is that, you know, for you, especially yeah. again, your mother raising kids. And you know, it's completely different dynamics. It's easy being a father. It's
1: completely
2: different being a mother doing
1: it. Yeah, it's it's way tougher for the women who are who are moms as professional athletes, I think in really in any career, but it's definitely different anywhere you play. So from the United States, we depend a lot on our athleticism. Whereas here in Australia, the pace of the game is a little bit slower. You know, you take your time on the build going to goal. So there's literally different style of play everywhere you go. So if you look at the EPL, for example, it's way different than La Liga, you know, different styles of like in the MLS, especially. So each country has their different style of play, really each continent. I should be a bit more specific. And so um, it's definitely a really cool experience playing elsewhere because it helps you with your game in a different kind of way, especially for me now that I'm getting older, I'm going to be 35 soon. And so I had to adjust my game somehow and learning elsewhere besides, you know, in my my home country, it's going to do nothing but expand my my soccer intelligence. And so being more patient on the ball, for example, here while playing down under, whereas, you know, playing in Europe, it's a little bit quicker. Their speed of play is a little bit quicker. Their possession is really good in the midfield and they're they're able to just build really quickly. And then the United States, you know, we just kind of just go, go, go. But here it's it's slower paced and so being able to adjust in different countries or even playing internationally as well and playing against other countries you have to adjust to the way that they play and also try and apply your own strengths and so it's been a, an awesome experience just playing all over the place and being able to expand like i said my soccer intelligence and just adding a little bit more to my game
0: well we talked about pressure and then there's world cup pressure and you've been through it. We talked about at the beginning, the fact that you won a world cup for the USA back in 2019, the pressure that the men are facing, I guess you can relate to that obviously through your experience. Can you explain to the audience what's that like when you're representing an entire country, as opposed to maybe just a town?
1: It's a lot. It's honestly a lot of pressure. And one thing that our leaders had kind of shown us who were there for the first time. It's like, okay, let's stay off social media a little bit more because there's going to be criticism. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of negativity. There's going to be literally the world against you, no matter where you're from. Let's say, you know, Argentina is going to play next. The whole world is against Argentina, except for Argentina. Obviously, we want Messi specifically to succeed, but you understand where I'm coming from. Like, everyone's against you, whereas your collective as a team, you have this goal and you're together. That's all that you have. And so we kind of stuck with this slogan, like USA beat everybody. And that's literally how it felt because we came in as, you know, not so much the favorites, people favored France going into the tournament in 2019. And we were like, we we use that as fuel. And so hopefully with the U.S. Miz national team going into sweet 16, they can use all the negativity. They can use any and everything that they possibly can, especially with the pressure that they have on their backs right now, use that as fuel. And hopefully that'll put them on their front foot because the pressure at the World Cup is just it's, it's totally different than anyone could possibly imagine unless you're actually in it. And so it's, it's a little nerve wracking, but it's also, you know, a positive thing as well, because it'll show you how actually the level of professionalism that any team really has at the world stage. And so hopefully, you know, if they have a good psychologist on board, which is something that we had. And so hopefully, you know, they come together as a collective, as a team off the field, especially camaraderie in the locker room is very important as well. And so hopefully there's just team chats without staff being in the locker room. It's like, okay, boys, what are we going to do next? Like, what did we do wrong today? What can we fix without coaches actually being in there? Because that's something that helped us in the tournament um, in 2019 in the World Cup. So it's, it's a lot of pressure, different type of pressure than anyone could possibly imagine. But. You know, hopefully they come together as a collective, like I said, and you know, and be successful in the Sweet Sixteen.
2: To that, you said that you know, obviously coming collective as a group, obviously you know, having everybody in the you know in the clubhouse without the coaches, you know, you're the players, you're on the field, you know what's going on. Is are there any I should say like uh, outside influences, but in the good way, like you know, for the women, yeah, yeah obviously you got Mia Hamm and you know, Judy Fowley. I mean. The, the, uh, the names, the names, the list goes on. And on the men's side, you have tons of guys that's on set right now with Donovan, Alexi Lawless, and I'm sure countless uh, other American stars that are, that have played in, in this type of stage. Do you think that, you know, there's such, you know, some of that, some of their, I guess, um, uh, influence, their, some of their, you know, be all, I mean, like, since they've been there before, type of influence around, have you guys had that? Did you guys have that in 19, where, you know, instead of the coaches. Just other people, just just around that are influencers.
1: Yeah. So hard, to, hard to question one, that. Yeah. So, one really unique thing that we were able to do, we had some really good conversations actually with the 99ers. So, with, you know, Mia Hamm, Julie Foudy, Joy Fawcett, I mean, we, Brandy Chastain, we had them all. And so, we had this whole weekend actually with them, which was actually really cool and very inspiring because they paved the way. Same with uh, Lexi Lawless. Landon Donovan, you know, all those guys actually being there. So I'm pretty sure they've had some chats with them because they've been there. They've done that. They have the experience. And so I'm pretty sure these are men that our U.S. men's national team now have actually looked up to. And so and some of them probably weren't even born when Lexi Laws was playing, but True. it's still very <laughs> inspiring knowing that he represented the crest, you know, over his heart. And so, I'm sure with their presence being there, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, they've come together and I'm pretty sure they've sat and had some chats. They had to, they're, they're there. And so why not use that? Because that's probably one of the most inspiring things for a footballer. Your dream is coming true. You're at the World Cup. And what better way to be there than with your idols or who have actually been there and represented your country as well. And so I think that's just a really cool, learning experience for all the all the young fellows that are on the men's national team. So I they definitely have some idols there that I'm I'm pretty sure they're looking up to.
0: Jessica, as far as uh the US, you know, and this team and you know, in the past there's been these debates about equal pay for the women, which is a rightful debate. It seems like things are sorta heading in the right direction. But then I hear about the Saudi team winning a game and everyone gets a Rolls Royce. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. That's different.
2: That's, to... hey, that's way different. I mean,
0: that's... that's next level stuff. <laughs> that's
1: different. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been kind of nice to receive a Rolls Royce, but that's that's not what we're there for. You know, we're we here to fight for equal pay and, and equity for all the little girls who want to be in our shoes one day. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't about us. It's about our future generation who deserves that. Because we have proven ourselves. We've succeeded. That's awesome that Saudi Arabia all got a Rolls Royce, but you know, that's not our country. And you know, that's just how they handle things. But whereas the United States, this was our focus. And so for the little girls who want to be in our shoes one day, we don't want them to have to fight the fight that we had to go through. We, from the Mia Hams and Julie Foudy's, I mean, they are sewing on their own numbers on their jerseys and literally passing out tickets on the streets to people just to come to games. Whereas, you know, they they paved Great. the way for us in, in order for us to get to where we are. So we're going to continue the fight because that's where it started. And so we need to continue this fight. And so it's been an awesome fight, a huge learning experience. And honestly, it's it's worth every minute because you know it's going to be very important for you know all your daughters and you know and little girls who want to be in our shoes, who want to succeed at whatever it is that they want to do. It's not even just football. We came together with a lot of different other companies, and so from actresses, actresses to business owners, CEOs—I mean, you name it—we met with all these females who were just absolutely incredible, and just hearing their stories as well. It was the same as ours, and so this isn't even just a football fight for us for for equity and, and equal pay. This is a global thing, but obviously, our focus was for the U.S. Women's National Team, and so. You know, which is very much so deserved because you know we've succeeded. We've done it all from Olympics to World Cups, and so why not now? So it needs to start now, and so um, it's really just for our future generation to make sure they're they're set up really nicely. I
2: love it. Love how you hear. I love how you guys are using your voices. You using I mean, collectively, you guys are powerful. Obviously, you know everybody listens, and you know even when you think people don't listen, they're listening. And uh, you know we we're here in the fight with you, and I uh, just love how. You know, you're on the forefront of it because as you should, you know, you, 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 again, you, you want to see there's little girls that's looking up to you right now saying, I want to be her. I want to be her. I want to be her and all over the world. And that's very inspiring, especially as an athlete when, you know, someone meets you and like, I love watching you. I got your poster up and you know, like all those little small little things that, you know, we'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It goes, it goes a lot further than you realize. So continue to fight.
1: We're here for you clarify. Absolutely. It's definitely a historical movement. We actually didn't realize how big of a scene this was going to cause, especially at the World Cup, because we had filed our lawsuit a few months before the World Cup. And so we kind of swept it under the rug going into the World Cup because we didn't want that to be our focus. Because, okay, we filed this lawsuit. Now we have to win. <laughs> so we wanted to win and then obviously prove ourselves, continue to prove ourselves. And then, you know, we were able to focus on, on the lawsuit again, but we never thought it was going to be a global movement. And it started in France where, you know, we're not even in our own country. We had stadiums packed with people, 60,000 plus people, 60 to like 90,000 people in these stadiums, literally screaming equal pay, equal pay. And we're just sitting there like, holy crap, this is cool. So it ended up being a global movement everywhere and so it was just amazing for all of us as a collective to be able to use our platforms and and use our voices it was nerve-wracking we didn't know what was going to happen you know we we took that risk and so it's just awesome that we've been able to inspire not just the little girls but also other women all over the world who have other careers as well not even just the football movement but this was really global which like it's it's mind-blowing and I get so excited about it but definitely a historical movement. And honestly, we're moving in the right direction. So I'm really, really proud of that.
0: Well, Jessica, before we go, I don't know if Adam has any further questions, but I do want to end with a typical American stereotypical question. And that is being in Australia, are kangaroos as prevalent as, I don't know, squirrels here in America? Like, do you see them on every street corner? And are they as friendly as they look? Because squirrels certainly aren't friendly.
1: yeah the kangaroos i ran into are pretty friendly but no they're not running around like like squirrels you don't you don't see them you know right outside your window (laughs) walking down the street or anything but you know they're more so open fields more so in the country and farms and and things like that but you definitely see you know there's a herd of them you know in the middle of nowhere so yeah they're they're pretty free but not within the cities or you know the suburbs or anything like that uh, everything i learned was
0: Everything I learned was via national geographic so what can I tell you? oh good here we go
1: that video of that guy
0: punching the you know punching the
2: kangaroo with the dog i want the i want i want somebody to punch jerry i want a kangaroo to punch jerry like that
3: oh. <laughs> That's, That's
2: if, if, if if chip has that me pieing him I don't know if you've seen me pieing jerry uh this is a, we did this as a promo just some things a, a couple a couple weeks back and uh i pie Jerry and you know he felt like
0: a kangaroo coming at me. It, it, it exactly. like
2: kangaroo. I mean it's in different sizes of me to Jerry. And uh, you know, he, he needs to he needs to be taught a lesson here and there, but uh no, it's just great to have you, you know, especially getting your perspective. You offer a complete unique perspective. We you know, I'm watching the game with excitement, got no idea what's going on. You know, just like millions of people, millions of Americans who want to be like, oh, I love what I love. Soccer right now. Yeah, I mean, you never been in. You don't even people don't even know D.C. United and Baltimore. I, I, they got a damn, damn team. So spare me that. I get it. It's, you know, popularity right now. But I think it's really growing. I really do, especially with the global game. You know, I think really with Mbappe uh, being of color. I know, he's, I know he's French for being of color. My, uh, one of my good friend's son's plays. And he says, I love Mbappe because he looks like me, you know, like that's that's powerful when he said that, I'm just like, "You want to go to Paris tomorrow and go watch him play? <laughs> like, I want right? I want, I want him to have him around him. You know what I mean? And and Mbappe probably doesn't understand what he's doing in, in America. He probably understands, you know, obviously doing, his growing his uh, brand right now. But he has such a big impact that Ronaldo, that Beckham, that Messi don't have, and they can't have because they don't speak to the they don't speak to people of color in a certain way that and then Mbappe can, a, a Pogba can.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's it's really a precious thing to see when you know a person of color is being looked up to nowadays. And so it's just been a really beautiful game that's been growing with diversity. And so that that absolutely is amazing to me. Like my son, he's he's a swimmer, and so for him to even just see just like one other black swimmer, he's just like oh this is amazing. I'm like, Oh, this makes me so happy, you know, that he's able Mm -hmm. to see people of color doing what he does. So that just inspires him a little bit more something that not a lot of people understand or know the impact that they, they truly have. So that's really awesome of your friend's son to obviously look up to Mbappe just in that kind of way, because it's, it's really amazing. And it's really important for the little boys and little girls out there to see people who look like them because it's like, okay, well, he's doing it. Well, so the heck can I, and that just gives you a little extra fuel as a child. So that's really awesome.
0: 100%. Jessica, really grateful for you taking the time. Before we let you go, uh, a prediction on who's gonna win this World Cup. Any thoughts on that going forward?
1: Oh, you're putting me under pressure like Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Go Final Four if you don't. You can just say go US
0: and we can get you out of here. It's up to you.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm just, I have to say USA. I'm just gonna leave it at that because I'm on camera. So go USA. But,
2: but okay. But who would you who would you who would you think would be in the final four? Uh, I think I could. There's a good chance I could be at the semifinals. Who do you uh, think would be in the final four?
1: Okay, so Brazil, Argentina, USA, and France. That's a good final four. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know what the like bracket
1: that. looks like, so I don't know if it's – Yeah, there's no brackets, right, because
2: Spain, Spain's, Spain's oh, been playing some. Oh, it. I know.
1: Spain's But you don't have to throw USA in there, so. 100%, 100%, 100%. 100%. You
2: got to take it. Yeah.
1: 100%. 100%. All right, Jessica,
0: we really appreciate your time. We know it's a different time where you are halfway across the world, but very grateful for you being a part of the Adam Jones podcast.
1: Thank you so Thank much you so for having much, me. Jessica. Yeah, Thank nice you. seeing you again. Yeah.
0: You too. All the best. Thank you. Well, let's continue the soccer talk, shall we, Adam, and bring in the Honorable Judge himself, Reginald Bugitt, and talk about Uh, the impact uh, of soccer in America and how it's coming along talk about reg the floor is yours
3: thank you welcome back. How, was your, how was your how was
0: your thanksgiving brother-in-law
3: hey uh ate too much but that's just <laughs> the american way less about me though more about soccer since this is a special soccer edition. football, to the, um, football. i'm gonna call football. it ball i'm gonna call it soccer uh, uh so anyway for some context based on a gallup sports poll the report asserts that as of 2019, 52% more adults consider themselves a soccer fan compared to 2012. This growth outpaces the other four major American sports. So for this debate, again, my name is Reginald Fugit and I'm the judge. We will be debating, will this popularity continue to grow or has it hit its ceiling? And again, since this is the World Cup, is is this just what we're talking about during the World Cup? And we're going to wait another four years for this. Anyway, Jerry, you get the first word as the uh, habitual loser. And uh, (laughs) the floor is yours.
0: We're going to be looking for another judge after this. Listen, the numbers show that pickleball is actually the fastest growing sport in this country. Not that I care for pickleball. I've tried it. I prefer tennis. But this narrative, I've been hearing about soccer and the growth of it and the impact of it in this country. I've been hearing since I was in high school. And where's the evidence of what I'm asking? Or is this simply a byproduct of the World Cup coming up once every four years? And I think that's where the impact is. I think a lot of people come and watch the TV like we did against the game against Iran. And that's why I'm supporting the U.S., obviously on the bandwagon like a lot of people. But I also know in 32 years of doing sports talk radio, I never took a call about soccer. And, yeah, we talk about soccer from time to time, but it doesn't possess, let's say, the – you know, the, the attractiveness of the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball in this country. So that's where I feel it is right now. And I'm just wondering if after the World Cup is over, this will be a carryover effect because I haven't seen it in past World Cups. You know, we got the Major League Soccer. We got the Women's Leagues. But do they garner the attention of these other leagues?
3: I think not. All right, Adam, what do you got? All right,
2: well, you, you get a couple good points. But, you know, you got to understand, uh, most of these people don't even know who um, Chris Paul is over in in a lot of these countries. They don't know who some of these guys are. These guys are football fans, y'all, soccer. But this game is way bigger than you can think, than you can imagine. Besides the four major sports, obviously basketball, I would say, is the biggest global sport if, in in terms of the American sports. Football has its limits. Baseball, obviously, is America, Japan. Um, Korea, Mexico, a few a few selective places, but if you look up you can go on ESPN, the app, and just look up all the leagues that for, are for football soccer, and it is <clears throat> every single country has its own league. It is growing. I think that it's grow. I think that you, the ceiling of it, I don't think that it's reached a ceiling because um, I, think, I don't think it's gotten the political side of it yet. I think a lot of these sports now, people are starting to adjust their views on certain sports because of how these athletes are what they call woke, uh, a.k.a. Understanding what the hell is going on around them, um, but you know, I think that is. Glo- I think that is continuously growing. I think this World Cup is obviously great so far. I think it's going to continuously grow, and it's, it's a global game. You got a lot of youths playing it, and it's a. It's turning into one of these AAU games, just like, just like uh Everybody else. Basketball. But I think it stops a uh, lot. I, I think, think it is, stops a lot at the it's collegiate
0: level. I, I would have to, to interrupt <clears> and say I think it stops a lot at the collegiate level. I know there's a professional league or two out there that we have talked about, but there's not enough scoring in that sport. That's what attracts America. That's why the 100%. NFL. That's why baseball. That's why the NBA have all altered their rules for more offense. I think that's important. Right, but you got to understand. Fans. There's 330
2: million versus uh, the what? we were about to approach 8 billion soon? Let's be honest with ourselves. Put Big the numbers, planet. put the real numbers together. There's a lot more people that watch football, soccer, than they do the NFL. It's just it, it. the number, you want to talk about numbers. I mean, obviously you can go per capita or however you want to micromanage it. But it's the global game. Like Uruguay, I ain't heard of no player on that team. But the, the whole country's out there and they have a whole mm-hmm. and like. They don't even know who we are in, in certain ways. So I would argue gotta, this all right. All right, hold on, right. 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 Hold no. On. no. Pause. We, pause. we gotta
3: pause. We gotta pause. I love that. I love where you're going with that. Again, this this debate's brought to you by the Wyman Company. Uh going forward, Jerry. We will Wyman. so <laughs> we're gonna stick to the impact <laughs> in the USA. Adam, you brought a lot to the table talking about the global game, but will it stick in America? Will it grow so that the Americans can compete? Jerry, you're on the clock. I would argue
0: that basketball is fastly becoming the world sport. And again, more evidence. You look at the top players in the NBA, with all due respect, it's not Kevin Durant, LeBron James. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's Nikola Jokic. It's Luka Doncic. All guys that are from outside the U.S. making waves in the in, in the Americas here. You look at what soccer does. It started with David Beckham. Messi's going to come over here and take this golden parachute, maybe playing a little bit bit of major league soccer they come over here just for s and giggles they don't come over here to play serious ball like they do in the nba so i think that's a big difference in terms of the impact of the sport and the way it's viewed here in this country
2: well it's a flip it's flipped how you know look at players right now dwight howard al harrington's they they know there's tons of players right now that are in china in taiwan that are playing basketball because you know that if you still want to continue to play you're getting up there in age you're not as good as you used to be. You still want to play? Myself taking my ass over there to Japan. These, it, you know, Beckham coming to America. You, you, uh, you got um, uh, Bell, Gareth Bell coming to coming to L.A. Uh, you, you're gonna have a lot of players that you know, Ronaldo, Messi. There's gonna be a, a plethora of guys. But that, at the uh, end of their careers, they're gonna, they're gonna do. I get it, but there's but they still have such a global impact. They're gonna do nothing but attract players, attract people that want to come there. And that, and and again, I got friends that have kids that play soccer now. And, you know, again, we all played soccer as little kids, just, you know, that's something active to do, but no, they're playing club ball. They're traveling all over the East coast and, and West coast. It's getting serious. And I think that this world cup, and again, how it's globalized and how, how the access of, you know, the social medias and, the uh, technology where they're able to see PSG games, NBC, and all these other places show so many more Premier League games that it's they're getting to be able to see these kids on especially on a Saturday morning. You wake up at seven o'clock, you can watch Premier League. We got European. All right, here we go. On,
3: Judge. The, the uh, you know part of my job is to be impartial. It has nothing to do with my opinion. It's just based on what you guys give me. Okay, uh, Adam, <laughs> Adam. Adam stole it there at the end. I know he started off. He started off weak, and, I, and Jerry had it, but then. <laughs> You know, the, the, the talk about the, the soccer being becoming more serious is something that really hit home in the United States in, in the travel league. So, anyway, great debate, you guys. Uh, very, very relevant topic in uh, today's time. So, take care. Yeah. And, uh, it's growing. Over and out.
0: Yeah, this Jerry versus Jones debate sounds like a bad Dallas Cowboys.
2: <laughs> no, but you got to understand, it's, it's growing tremendously. You know, being over here, I find myself, obviously, it's on TV more, it's obviously accessible by their games are in the prime time. I'm not staying up at, uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning to watch uh, the you know NBA or anything because it's just way too late. So it's cool to be able to watch the one o'clock games on Sunday, get to watch the Ravens. But for the most part, I mean, over here, they watch football.
0: these Ravens Adam it's uh continuing theme these fourth quarter meltdowns i would equate yeah. it to kind of like losing in the bottom of the ninth i don't know with two down but losing in the bottom of the ninth had to have been heartbreaking for you just like it has to be for the Ravens to fall apart there at the end like they did yeah. in the most recent yeah. game and they've done in many losses already
2: yeah yeah that that was a tough one and and again you know you're not going to beat them up i mean it's again they're playing against somebody uh, i mean tough, Lawrence is Pretty solid, um, but they had. That's the memory we talked about it last week. Those are games that you go into the week, and I'm not saying that they slow down or anything like that, but uh, it's just losses that you that happen that you go back and be like, oh, I didn't need that because again, that's gonna put you put you in a tie with the Bengals, who you know start out slow but have been playing terrific. Uh, you know, t- yeah, multiple leads in the in the in the fourth quarter, and you know, again, they, they they're having their meetings about it, and it's unfortunate. And that's like having you know, having your you, you you get up in the bottom of the seventh, and you hit a, you know a two run single. You take yourself up, and then a the setup man gives it up. You're like, damn. Then you get it back, and then a the closer gives it up. You're like, damn. And then you end up walk, getting walked off, and you're sitting out there in center field or whatever position you're sitting there. It's like, damn. But you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's part of it though. And you know, m- rebound, rebound. And that's what I love about hardball. Harbaugh preaches that. He
0: preaches rebound. He's not going to dwell on it. Oh, we did. We, 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 we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Hey, move on. It's on to the next week. Well, you cannot rely on friend of the podcast, Justin Tucker, to win it with his foot alone. Lamar needs to be a lot more accurate. I mean, that field goal I thought was going in. The lack of execution inside the red zone on both sides of the football. True is something that has to be rectified. And Denver's next, and I understand they don't look that great and the schedule looks kind of cozy, but they still have very important divisional games with Pittsburgh twice, Cleveland, and they end the season at Cincinnati. So some critical games still ahead. I did want to address Lamar Jackson's tweet after the game. Uh, He tweeted back at some troll who has like 29 followers. It was unprofessional. I think we both agree on that. But I agree with what Coach Harbaugh said. These players should not be running the Twitter after a game, particularly a loss, AJ.
3: And really, you know, it's just beg guys not to, you know, not to get into the Twitter world right after the game, especially after a loss. It's never gonna be positive. It's not gonna be a nice place, you know? And uh, I think that's kind of reflected in in Lamar's response because what he said was just so out of character for him. That's not the way he speaks, it's not the way he talks, it's not the words he ever uses. I've never heard him say things like that before. But like we talked, like you said, Bo, he wants to win, you know. I'm sure he's frustrated, just like we all are, and uh, that's just a place you just don't want to live.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the social media factor again—that's part of the going to be part of this betting part. It's going to be part of it, and you—you you never, as a as an athlete, uh, celeb, whatever, someone with a lot of followers. I guess I didn't want to put you in that category. You'll never win. You you never win. You, you, you it's just it's just a lose lose situation no matter what you can explain yourself to you to you, black in the face and you are just never going to win. So, um, you know, he's a, at the end of the day, he's a grown man. He can do whatever he wants, but you, you at being in the position he's in, you'll never win. Yeah. yeah just, he should have deleted
0: punch. the tweet yeah. almost immediately. It took a while. And yeah. I don't know why you have to read your mentions, especially after a loss. Did you, I mean, you yeah. know, Twitter was just up and coming when you were playing. I don't know how much, you were oh come on man when you when
2: you think I came in like my last year was like 2012
0: now as you reach uh, your no, sixties no, I mean we look back there's a, lot, that. There's a
2: lot there's a lot there's a lot there's I mean social media was obviously plentiful um you you would go I would probably wait till I get at home to get on social media but it depends you know it depends on the when I was in Arizona they did such a really good job of the social media aspect so they added you a lot in a in a lot of uh, tweets and a lot of different things that they were posting. So, you know, you get a lot of alerts and you look at them and be like, oh, okay. And then if, you know, if you wanted to go down the, the the rabbit hole and look at comments and stuff like that, depending on the content, depending on the game you had, you know, it might be a nice picture. Look at the early comments of, oh, that's great and all that. And then you struck out in the ninth, you bum. So, you know, just sometimes you can go down a rabbit hole, but. They always say never look at the comments, you know, never, never look at them. And I like looking at them when they're on other people's stuff, because people are just morons when it comes to social media. They don't think that there's repercussions for just calling people obscene and just all these bad names and using obscene gestures. They don't think there's no repercussions like, oh, no one's going to bother me. Nah, Fred, somebody's on your ass. So stop doing that.
0: And let's clarify, (laughs) this was completely out of character for Lamar. He has been nothing but a great guy to deal with yeah. on the field and off the field. When I saw it, I thought it was a fake tweet, to be honest. I just it, feel was bad. Yeah. it was hacked. Yeah. I just hacked. feel bad for our, our friend Justin because uh, Tucker got <laughs> tagged in that. And uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> ever happened to you with the Orioles. Or yeah. Someone tweeted about yeah. a particular player. and included you in that tweet. It's like, how did you drag me into this?
2: Oh, there's so many. I've had so many bad tweets that they just dragged me into it. And I'm just like. No, what and, and, and there's a lot of like it, either it could be political in the united states it could be political uh in different countries like that i've just seen myself attached to it i'm like i i don't i'm following this person i'm blocking this person because i don't believe it. i don't know what is going on here and yeah you can do you, know, you can just get attached in it and again i don't know what what um the origin of the tweet of it it could have been you know uh you know like a hey, tuck great try at 67 wish your quarterback gave you two more yards and you know what I mean. It could have been something like that. And then they're like, "Oh, he's a bum." And then you know, it could have been just a bunch of riffraff that got back to, uh, to Lamar's page, and you know, he probably just reacted because again, he, a couple. I mean, two yards. I love Tucker. Tucker said, "Screw it, let me try it." And he really tried it. He took an extra step, and he. Oh man, I love Tucker. He really tried and, it. I, I thought I, it he, he thought it was, but two more yards, it would have. And you know, somebody, somebody might have said something, and, and you know, and. I get it trust me i get both sides of it but i just know that and i've been a part of it too i've argued with people on social media and i just know no you're never going to win you can call the person yes yeah, shut up person you're in your mom's basement you're never going to win yeah at the end of the day you're never going to win no
0: nope. end of story they, you know, i totally concur yeah. our for the yeah. birds segment by the way presented by be more around town they have the ultimate all-inclusive pre pre-game purple tailgate experiences before every home and away game you saw coach harbaugh come out of the tunnel and greet all those fans in jacksonville they were from be more around town a lot of them mm-hmm. and there's still space available for those road trips to cleveland pittsburgh cincinnati They may decide the season head to be and join the party okay keep it moving here on the adam jones podcast presented by the baltimore banner the let's get it out of our collective system time for adam jones weekly rant it's called heckle dee's
2: Look at again, this is, this is a disclaimer, and it's brought to you by Jack. I haven't had none of this. It's a full bottle. But look it. I love dogs. Again, which is another dog one. But not eating with them. Come on. Society. Come on. Come on. Dogs licking your face. Do you know what dogs lick
0: on a regular? <laughs> yes.
2: Privates. Boo-boo. And then you just let them just lick your face. You nasty bastard. That's what you are.
0: So a little disclaimer here, because this is now two weeks running. I sense a theme of dogs, and you love dogs. I mean, you've had yes. dogs in the past. You've been part of calendars and all that. I, do I have dogs. Out. But last week, you were talking about the fact that, you know, dogs are leaving their you know what, all over the streets where you walk and your kids walk, and now it's eating with the dogs, which I can relate to real quickly because I was at a place called the Salty Dog in Sarasota, and there were actually more <laughs> dogs at the, bar, at the bar, more greyhounds, more German shepherds than there were human beings, so I got my food to go.
2: Well, that's different, though. You're in Sarasota, and it's a bar. I know Salty Dog. It's a little bit different. I was in Istanbul at a pretty nice restaurant where I had to wear a collared shirt. OK, the salty dog you have on clothes like you have on some khaki shorts and some thong slippers. It's very simple. So, you know, I, I'm not eating with the, I'm not eating with dogs. This dog was barking. I seen. I looked at it. It was barking. And Istanbul has a problem with homeless dogs, which you know, it's kind of sad. It's kind of cute in a way. They're not bothering. They're very nice dogs. But I've seen too many dogs at too many nice restaurants. I don't give a damn if they're in this little crate uh, in that little thing. And they don't they took a Benadryl and they don't say nothing. I don't give a damn. I don't want to smell a little stinking little dog while I'm eating my food. I just don't. I think that is, you shouldn't, the dog is okay to stay at home. If it's an emotional support dog, you should emotionally cook your ass a dinner at home.
0: Okay. All right, that saran is always brought to my friends to <laughs> Jack Daniels. Don't feed animals, Jack Daniels. It's for human beings. Jack Daniels has always made whiskey, and if they have it their way, they always will. But there's one thing Jack can't make more of, and that's moments. Those are on us to create, folks. So let's make sure we're making the most of every moment we have. Make it count with Jack Daniels. And please drink responsibly. But a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast as much as we are doing it, make sure to check out The Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. If you hit that website, baltimorebanner.com slash AJ, you get six months of the banner for just a buck. It's a great deal. Unlimited digital access for just $1. Again, thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. All right, let's salute our Baltimore Banner Varsity Sports Network Athlete of the Week. It's Devin Roach from Dunbar High School. Congratulations to Devin Roach. He led a bruising, rushing attack for the number four Dunbar Poets running for 154 yards and three scores in the Poets. 46-7 beatdown of Calvert High School in the 2A-1A state championship. Or state semifinals. Next up is a state championship. That was last Friday. All Roach did uh, to punch his team's ticket into the state title game, which is this Saturday at Navy. Had a 54 yard touchdown run at the start of the third. He is a 2021 Varsity Sports Network Offensive Player of the Year in the Baltimore area. Did miss several games earlier this year due to a foot injury, but came back with a spark as he led Dunbar's quest for a 12th straight title when it faces Potuxen. That's coming up noon. On Saturday, again, in Annapolis, the Poets are the only school to have won state titles in four different gap classifications, and there are 11 state titles, already a state record. So congrats to De- Devin Devin Roach and Dunbar, Adam.
2: Oh, I mean, this, I mean, looking at it, you won the player of the year in, in 2021. You only missed a couple games because, you know, you got, you, you got a foot injury. Devin, salute, brother. I mean, ooh, you, you just came back in time. You were just resting yourself. And sir, are you wait, you you're waiting for the good miles on to put on your body for the best time? So you just you're just conditioning yourself, that's what I believe. And keep doing it, keep going forward, keep going forward. Congratulations. What a hell of a hell of a week. And yep. congratulations and best of luck on the next game. Because again, luck. It, yeah, only, it, 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 it only gets tougher. as it goes, it only
3: gets tougher.
0: All right, our final segment is titled Socially Speaking. This is where we answer a tweet or social media post. You can even email us. We have a new email. And if you do email us, you qualify for a piece of Adam Jones signed memorabilia. That's at AdamJonesPod at gmail.com. We do read negative tweets. We just didn't get any negative tweets this week. So we will take That's those as well. At AdamJonesPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
2: I mean, we appreciate all the love. I mean, a lot of people have responded to me on on Twitter Instagram and just been very positive about how they like, you know, our, our meshing and, you know, we go back and forth and it's like our segment. So it's good that, you know, people are getting, again, we're trying to give people a unique perspective into Baltimore sports and our region. And, uh, you know, I hope people appreciate it so far. So good. We just need to keep it going, you know, and keep, uh, keep, keep the people interested, keep people, you know, like, you know, in worrying like, Oh, what are they going to talk about next? And what's well, the best part about this is always, there's always something new you know we can always talk about something new and you know we might end up having a fan come on or something like that that might be even cool to add somebody you know what i mean just somebody random who would want to come on and offer something to uh if it's something unique you know have a sports segment a fan sports segment what do you feel what do you think you know a lot of See uh, that dog don't we're getting it. the ra- I think Especially. the
0: dog is giving us the wrap up signal i think it's <laughs> Daniels, Please drink responsibly. Be more Around town. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience. Head to BeMoreRoundTown.com. Still spaces available for those trips: Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Also, the good <laughs> folks at the Weinman Group and G Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit GLeaf.com medical cannabis for qualified Maryland patients only. And of course, check us out at TheBaltimoreBanner.com. And remember their special six months unlimited digital access for just a buck by visiting thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ Adam. It's been a worldwide pleasure. Also, I got to give gratitude to our very senior producer, Chip Franklin. We're all back next week. Take care and be safe out there and be kind to one another.